1: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only 3 dollars per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Ah, uh, yes, you can't wait to do it on a Friday morning. Russell and Medhurst. We are live and in living color, Russell in the nation's capital. Guerrero catches a huge break today. He doesn't have to come to the nation's capital. I'm in beautiful Fort Washington, Rosecroft Raceway, where this morning we're teaming up with our friends from Good Morning Washington and ABC7. I will attempt to win a double sulky race with Britt Waters from ABC7 this morning. Now, as I understand it, Rufio, mm-hmm. I understand I'm like Speed Racer today. When the odds are against him and there's dangerous work to do, you bet your life, Speed Racer, will see it through. Now, as I understand it, Britt is going to get the team up with Rosecroft's leading driver, Uh-oh. the St. Mary's Riken rifle, Jonathan Roberts who is awesome, by the way, he's got almost twice as many wins as any other driver during the meet out here. In so the ball. they are
3: putting you behind the eight ball is what you're saying. I'm
2: not behind the eight ball because I do have a good driver driving with me in Jason Thompson, nicknamed the jet. So the jet and I, and based on the horses, I've been told that, uh, appreciate Bib Roberts and his stable providing the horses uh, for this, this morning. Now, if Britt gets the one horse and Jonathan, it could be very difficult for me and Jason mm-hmm. because if one of the horses is one of our best out here and the other horse is probably just slightly below that top line. Not bad, but probably just slightly below uh, the top level because Bibb's got an unbelievable barn of horses. But we'll see who gets which horse. We'll see if the uh, odds are balanced out here this morning. But, again, appreciate our folks from – uh, ABC 7 are coming out, and uh, we, it's a great opportunity for us to cross-promote our show, sure. the racetrack, everything. So
3: so we'll be able to see this on ABC 7 at 10 o'clock. Correct. Uh, while on the radio, you're going to leave us uh, a little bit before then, uh, and then I'm going to have uh, Eric Flack on at that time. Um, which is uh, a perfect time to have a
2: guest while right. I'm doing that, and Ex- then whenever we're all wrapped up, I'll be – Back with
3: you, right? And he's the, the of course, the chief investigative reporter for WUSA 9. So we're doing a little TV, TV, uh, double dango here. Uh, but you know, Flack has been on all all over, uh, all the stuff with the lawsuits and the stadium and the sale and everything going on with the commanders. And once again, Pete, we find ourselves, you know, while, uh, and I know last night was a late night for you, right? You were at Rosecroft until what 1130 30 or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, when we got off the air yesterday, drove home, right? And we're thinking, you know, might we actually make it through a week without any sort of controversy? And then bam. I, I think I got home about 130 or so and uh dealt with some family stuff, which is never ending. Uh I'll just say it like that, and not get into all the details. Uh and uh and then on top of that, um, you know, then I, I, I then I see the, the attorney general on with John Barr of ESPN on Outside the Lines, and I'm like, oh, he's finally doing interviews. Maybe we can get him on, and you know, put in the request, and you know, so on and so forth. Um, but then I didn't realize because they had just put up a clip that they actually did file the second lawsuit or the second shoe to drop, if you will, in terms of what he had promised at the end of the press conference last week. Remember, we talked about that. He said we would find out more about the financial improprieties la- uh, next week, meaning this week. We didn't know exactly when, but we found out about it yesterday. Uh, and, again, we can't even make it. And I'm sure in the building they're probably thinking something like this, too. God, we can't even make it three days after the biggest win of the year before another lawsuit, before another legal mess to clean up and statement of Palooza to deal with. And that's what we're dealing with here. That's why we can never really just kind of be a football town anymore because every other day, every other, you know, seemingly every week, uh, maybe not every week, but seemingly every week, there's a major investigation, a major lawsuit, or some sort of crazy ass scenario that leads us to basically saying everything that they do on the field essentially comes after all of the the hubbub, for lack of a better term, when it comes to Dan Snyder, the future of the team, the current status of the team, and even the past status of the team. Uh, this one, I don't know how you took it, seemed to have a little bit more teeth to it. Uh, I'm sure Carl Racine would deny that last week's did not have any teeth to it, but I don't know. I, I we've talked to enough people, uh, both you and I personally, privately, whatever. Where, um, where it didn't seem like last week had a lot of bark to it, a lot, uh, you know. Uh, but this one maybe has a little bit more, uh, a little bit more to it. I guess is the best way to put it. And it's solely against the commanders, not the NFL and Roger Goodell.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I, I, you don't know if that uh, comes after conversations maybe with people at the league level but based on what I'm interpreting how this has been presented that this is something that only the commanders and people within their offices could have um, commandeered on their own so to speak this is not something where the league would have any say in how uh, ticket uh, ticket prices ticket you know purchasing, uh, is structured. This is strictly a move between the commanders and their ticket purchasers based right. on uh, the way Carl Racine is saying how, in his mind, obviously, and let's face it, if if Carl Racine thinks this has happened to district residents, at what point, if at all, do the corresponding states' yep. attorney generals maybe look into this and go, okay, well, if Carl has this, then this has to have happened to residents in Maryland or Virginia, uh, allegedly. You would think that if it's happened to just D.C., I mean, it's not just something that would be unique to D.C. residents Mm -hmm. based on the evidence that Carl Racine uh, allegedly has enough of to bring this suit. Now, of course, we saw, um, you know, uh, Grant obviously put one up on his Twitter, an example of a letter that he got from a listener who, you know, all of a sudden, hey, you know, after all these years, we realized, you know what, we might owe you some cash. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to make things right with you. Right. Um, so, you know, you have to believe you have to believe that if Racine's got enough evidence to present something like this, you would think that something has happened to both Maryland and Virginia ticket purchasers as well. You well, wonder well, if that's those why the attor- sides will, you know, will, will come along and get involved.
3: Right. Well, that's, uh, sorry to jump in. Uh, that's why the attorneys general in those particular states and the Commonwealth and in Maryland have been, you know, they were all copied and forwarded on the letter from the House Oversight Committee, I believe back in April, was it? Uh, along with the Federal Trade Commission uh, on this stuff, right? And we know, or we've heard, I guess, I don't know if we know, I can't remember. It's all, like, kind of combining into one. I believe Jason Friedman said it was a couple of million dollars. Uh, I don't know if that's true, accurate, not, whatever. I, I have no idea exactly what's what. Um, and, and, again, you know, far from an expert on this. So, you know, we're just all trying to, you know, figure this out as we go along. Um But this was just a couple of hundred thousand dollars. But to your point, right, if it happened to D.C. residents, it very likely happened to Maryland and Commonwealth of Virginia uh, residents uh, as well. And so we might hear again more from that. We might hear more from the Federal Trade Commission. We're certainly going to hear from the Oversight Committee before they're out of office. We kind of discussed that a little bit uh, yesterday and. You know, I, I maybe now Carl Racine is going to go on an interview tour or whatever. Um, you know, hopefully he'll choose to come on the show. I mean, the invite is there. Uh, he's uh, obviously we'll give him the forum uh, to ask him the questions that I don't think uh, necessarily he's been asked. Um, so hopefully he'll take us up on that. We'll see. Um, but in the statement or in the in the complaint yesterday, Pete, Just real quickly reading, uh, it said, in short, the team prioritized its own revenues over fairness and deceived district consumers by wrongly withholding their security deposits that should have been automatically repaid under consumers contracts and improperly using those deposits for the team's own purposes. And it goes back to uh, what they're saying in the complaint, in the very first page of the complaint since 1996, when the team entered into contracts with district consumers for premium seating, again, club seats, suite uh, seats, you know, all that stuff. Um, some of which required the payment of a substantial security deposit to preserve the consumer's access to the seats, which we've all heard about, right? And the team promised, according to the complaint, these consumers, through its contract, that it would automatically return the deposits within 30 days of the contract's expiration. The team then, in 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 the complaint's words, quote, deceptively held on to these funds, sometimes for over a decade, and used the money for its own purpose. So I listen, I can't read the whole complaint, but I mean, basically the general gist is they're basically saying, look, um, you know, these corporations or these wealthy people would buy suites, would buy luxury seats, club seating, what have you. They weren't counting pennies. They weren't nickeling diming, you know, and a lot of times it was corporate accounts. It was entertainment type stuff, right? So they were charging not only premium prices for the seats, or the suites, but they were also charging a premium security deposit, essentially. Uh, You were under, say, a five-year contract or a multi-year contract. You Maybe in some cases, I think Kevin pointed this out this morning, and I've heard him talk about uh, this before. You know, whoever signed up for the contract or whoever signed the contract or agreed to pay, you know, sometimes – Three years later, five years later, ain't even with the same company anymore, right? So they don't care. Um, Maybe the company has no idea. Somehow it gets lost in the wash. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're not talking about Chris Russell and Pete Medhurst here who are, you know, not living paycheck to paycheck, but don't have the corporate wealth that these corporations and these companies and these rich people and maybe politicians and whatnot have – And all of a sudden, you get a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever the term ultimately is, depending on if we're talking about just D.C. or just Maryland or uh, combining D.C., Maryland, Virginia, wherever. And all of a sudden, you have all this money out there that the team is like, yeah, we'll, we'll give it back if we have to, if we're asked about it, but we're not going to... You know, this isn't like when you rent an apartment right through a landlord when you're uh, 22 years old and you're just kind of getting started and you have to put down like a month's security deposit and then you move out after a year. You're damn skippy you're getting that security deposit back if you haven't ruined the apartment, if you haven't ruined the carpeting, if you haven't ruined the walls, if you haven't damaged the property. you damn skippy you are because you need the damn money. You're not made out of, you know... You don't have daddy war bucks, right? These companies, my understanding, and these people, my understanding, you know, they're basically wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people. They're not sitting there worried about, uh, you know, a $2,000 deposit or or whatever the case might be, Pete. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so so that's how I think, I, I mean, that's that's my general understanding of how this kind of happened is... Wealthy people that just weren't counting nickels and dimes, and the team said, okay, we're just going to hold on to the money until somebody asks us for it and and can prove it. it.
2: Let's face it, Chris. As consumers, we are are liable in that because we do forget about those things. Very few people pay attention to the detail in this case asking for uh, the money back. So we're culpable as consumers – a lot of times, in situations like this, where we don't because, I mean, I've seen people, I've seen examples of people that didn't even understand, oh, I can get my full security deposit back or I can get my, you know, especially like you're putting something down on an apartment or a home or something like that. Now, and this is where I feel bad for John Kahn. John Kahn's trying to write all week long about Chase Young coming back, about Taylor Heineke being the starting quarterback again and yet he has to stop and do a story like this for ESPN and in his story, it's worth—I mean, it is worth noting from a detail that, according to a statement from a commander spokesperson, the famous commander spokesperson, the franchise has not accepted security deposits on premium tickets for more than 20 years, nor have they taken deposits for suites in quote over a decade, right? According to the John Kime story. But the it- com-
3: but the complaint says since 1996, which would be what 20. 20- Six years ago? Yes. and
2: And that's why I'm going through the detail right, here. Right. He said the team said it began returning deposits in 2004. Ten years later, the spokesperson said that management, as part of a comprehensive review, was instructed to send notices to more than 1,400 customers who held deposits. Team management was instructed to return all security deposits requested, the lawsuit alleges that Washington only sent out those letters to avoid violating a Virginia law regarding withheld property. So, And as you mentioned earlier, um, Virginia and Maryland have been copied on this. Racine's office is not the only one looking into it, according to Kimes' story. The Virginia Attorney General's uh, office announced in the spring, as you mentioned, that they had opened an investigation. And you wonder now, with Carl Racine being as aggressive In fact, finding and bringing this suit, you do wonder now if certainly Virginia, which had been uh, outspoken and saying, hey, we are going to look into this. You wonder now if Virginia closely follows Mm -hmm. suit, if if they can find similar evidence with Virginia customers that Racine allegedly has with D.C. customers. And that's the important part here. You know, they've got to have uh, some form of evidence here that this occurred and allegedly Racine feels he has enough evidence now uh, to bring this to light. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, – it, fr- look, our fans are frustrated enough, Chris. I mean, they're frustrated enough. Uh, you know, they feel like, A, they've been, they've been cheated out of quality on the field for what they've paid for. I mean, think about the money that the tailgate Ted's and the the hog farmers, and who is Susie Q, and all them who loyally, no matter what, Chris, no matter what, show up week after week, home game after home game. Hell, mm-hmm. half of them, uh, you know, half of them like, like disco and, and all those guys. Now you got, you got people, you know, you got Ted and his buddy that do the podcast that are going to away games. And, I mean, you're talking about substantial money that so many of these people have invested in supporting this franchise and now allegedly some of them um, have been cheated out of money that is supposed to come back to them now in the i mean i don't know how many customers this is because we know premium seats cost a lot of money Uh, according to kime's story uh, the lawsuit claims the team still holds nearly two hundred thousand dollars in unreturned security deposits now to dc residents now is that I mean, how many people that adds up to, you know, is hard to determine because we don't know what uh, the contracts were between the team and those uh, sweet purchasers. But as we know, those tickets are not cheap, Chris. So I, I don't know if it's a lot of people or a handful of people. But still, if there is money that remains to be sent back to those people, it's a case of, you know, hey, you're caught now everybody now that we've been caught we're going to we're going to send everybody's money back or believe it or not chris it, it could be just unqualified people not paying attention to detail of their jobs on that side and not returning people's money yeah but, i mean you really have to prove they carl racine and any other person that brings a lawsuit they're going to really have to work hard here and have clear evidence of scheme to not return as opposed to just simple book keep, bookkeeping, you know, irresponsibility, um, you know, by the team. So they're going to have to prove intentional – there was an intentional scheme right, right. not to return this money. And to me, that that is still something that is very difficult unless within, you know, who knows, all those emails that allegedly produced enough to get John Gruden fired with the Raiders. Maybe there's somewhere in there from Bruce telling people, hey – don't you return those deposits? We're keeping that money. So, I mean, that's to me, that's where that's the next thing for Carl Racine's group is is it proving right. that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was egregious mismanagement and illegal conduct I, as his lawsuit. I says. would almost
3: be willing to guarantee you, if you could inject truth serum into Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen. Uh, Mitch Gershman uh, and all the henchmen. Be that, careful here, buddy. I know. I I, I'm just saying. I'm willing willing to bet <laughs> if you inject the I truth know. serum into them, that you'd probably you, you'd you'd probably get. Yeah, we you know we, we we knew about it. We we knew that we had money that maybe we were supposed to return, but nobody asked for it. It was almost like don't ask, don't tell.
2: I mean, you know, remember, kind of thing. remember, there, this is a group that allegedly, you know. Was suing season ticket holders yes. who didn't meet their obligations. Exactly, and that's the thing, so,
3: right? This organization has always been about, quite honestly, cash. Um, taking advantage of its customers. It, 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 I mean, I'll just say it like that. They've always been that way. Um, Do you
2: think it's taking advantage? Yes, of or just making sure that they that we're not going to let people off the hook? Because I mean, I think there's a there's a difference in trying to intentionally hoodwink people.
4: Well I, I think you put it under
3: the same umbrella Pete, right? whether it's it's making people in, enforce their contracts like 85 year old grandmothers mm-hmm. uh, or whether it's not returning security deposits that are rightfully owed at the end of contracts and terms, or whether it's making, you know clients sign up for three-year contracts or five-year contracts or what have you. And you know in some ways you would say, well, common sense, you know, says, like, if you're an individual, whether you're wealthy or not, that maybe you should know what you're signing up for. Right? By the way,
2: by the way, let me let me just something that came to mind in the last 12 hours thinking about this. Technically, OK, technically, wouldn't the previous minority owners also be a part of these alleged lawsuits? Because at that time they were they were owners Of this team, and you almost wonder if a little bit behind the scenes, maybe they're not cooperating behind the scenes with a person like Carl Racine and others to bring this trouble to Dan Snyder. Mm. I just wonder how much those people are cooperating because they, at least on the surface, Chris, appear to be conveniently being left off of all of these lawsuits. They're not mentioned in any of these lawsuits yet they were legitimately part of 40% yes. of the ownership group of this team yes and i wonder how much cooperation those folks on that at that time minority side of the ownership may be cooperating with all of these people here to conspire yes. against dan Perhaps, and i'm not saying yeah. I, and look i don't have any i don't have any evidence to the contrary i have not i've not had anyone tell me that right. specifically but trying to connect all the dots The one thing that stuck out to me was, at least from what I've seen in any of the paperwork that we've been allowed to see, none of those people are mentioned. It is strictly trying to get at Dan. And to me, that tells me that there is somebody behind the scenes that is trying to specifically, specifically do damage to Dan Snyder and Dan Snyder only. And I just wonder how much those people – Behind the scenes, whether it's, you know, allegedly Bruce, because, you know, Dan's side is trying to blame him for a lot of the, the malfeasance that went on here, or those minority owners who were so unceremoniously bought out and no longer allowed to be part of NFL ownership, um, you know, with this team at that point. I just wonder if some of them, because they are, they are conveniently, Chris, yes. not a part any of this I lawsuit? don't
3: have any proof of that either but I think you are dead on um either way uh we will continue to cover it obviously uh your, I, like I, I don't know what the right question is because I you know I like I think last week was mostly a nothing burger uh as we said uh this week I think it has a little bit more again bite a little bit more teeth to it uh commanders fans I you know it. it I think there are many, 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 many bigger issues that Commander fans are worried about, not only the game on Sunday in Houston, but also, oh, crap, is Dan actually not selling the team, which is what everybody has been running with and dreaming of and thinking about for the last couple of weeks? We have some more details on that coming up uh, as well that we got to get into, plus, yeah, Pete, we we actually have to talk about the game, uh, which we will do probably after your race uh, and yeah, after you get you back you to and the give You and
2: booth. Flack a chance to yep. break all this stuff down yep. and get through all of the details. But there um, are some
3: developments on the the sale, non sale, whatever you know kind of thing that people have been reporting on. Which again, we've touched on some of them, but they are important for us to monitor and for us to chat about. Uh, because it very much does have an effect on on, on on the future, the short-term future, at least, of this football organization.
2: You know, my guy Derek Allen, Spacebound187 on Twitter, avid listener to this show, Chris, he kind of sums it up. He says, my God, the day fans can tune in without hearing about all the non-football issues would be amazing. Yeah. Winning on the field is so irrelevant with this owner. Kind of sums it up from the fans' perspective, Right there, you're the fans. Let us know what you're feeling. Plus, Thursday night football, hey, who saw Tennessee with some of its injuries on defense being such a big factor? And who had Austin Hooper not only with one but multiple touchdowns last night for the Tennessee Titans? How dare you put that slander on Ryan Tannehill as they go into Green Bay and knock off the Packers? All that and more, and of course, a preview of Washington and Houston as the Commanders try to get to 6-5 and five on the year. All between now and noon. I'm live at Rosecroft. I'll be on Channel 7 with Britt Waters and the Good Morning Washington folks after 10 o'clock. Russell's in our D.C. studios with Mr. Me93, Mr. Underscore Me93. Be nice to Matt when you call in this morning. You know the drill. 301-230-0980. And, of course, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.
4: Podcast all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
2: Eric Clack, Channel Nine, coming up top of the hour. He'll talk with Chris about all of these off the field things that are happening. They continue to pile up, and and again, I mean, let's face it, you know, Carl Racine right now is, you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, Chris, looking for maybe his moment of glory here. I don't, I don't know if, uh, a better way to uh, to, to describe it at, at this point. But I mean, you know, he's this is his moment in the sun, and here's. Here, as I've said all along, as I've said all along, you know me, mm. Minister of Fairness here. Yes. Um, it's great that you have now grandstanded yourself into this position. Now you must come up with the goods, or you're going to look like a big nothing burger. And guess what? Dan's gonna, Dan is going to turn around and sue you in the District of Columbia for an awful lot of money if you don't have the goods now after bringing all of this allegedly to light here and if you can't prove it the countersuit that will be coming from the other side and it will be extraordinary i can't even imagine the amount of dollars for potential slander and false accusation that could be coming here so as i've said it it carl racine better have the goods here or you know the other side, Chris, is going to strike back with incredible venom and be looking for uh, an, an insane amount of money in a countersuit that they, quite frankly, would be, I i think, would be entitled to at that point. Well,
3: I have a hard time thinking that the Washington, D.C. attorney general is going to file a lawsuit, a second one, and have... And not have goods, right? The question is, is what kind of goods? How exactly that in a court of law, in a civil court of law, goes about being... That I'm not smart enough to know, okay? Um, But, I I mean, you, you don't just frivolously file lawsuits just because you're you are you're trying to make yourself a star. I have no idea what the end game is here for Carl Racine, right? I mean he's Might out not be of, any.
2: I mean, look, I mean maybe maybe it's not. Maybe I mean I don't know. I mean, is he gonna try to like at some point challenge Mayor Bowser to be the mayor? Well I don't or, Yeah, I mean you, you, know you don't know, I mean? know I, I, right?
3: Because his term his term as DC Attorney General is over at the end of the year. Correct. But that doesn't mean that his career is over. That doesn't mean he doesn't have greater aspirations, like you said, uh perhaps the mayor, perhaps uh deputy mayor, perhaps president, perhaps uh, Whatever. I mean, it could be anything. Right. Um, so, I mean, I can't ignore that most politicians grandstand. I can't ignore that. And you're right. Dan, being as litigious as he is, and, you know, every statement from John Brownlee is inflammatory and is basically written in a way that is hellbent, hellbent. On revenge. I mean, you can't you can't read a statement from a commander spokesman, um, and most of them are, I believe, from Brownlee. Um, you can't read one of those statements with thinking, "Oh, this, yeah, we're just gonna take this and return the money, and 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 you know everybody will be great, and we'll shake hands and sing kumbaya." I mean, that's just not the way well, there things is work no, around here.
2: Look, I was gonna say there is no kumbaya as it pertains. Uh, to to that operation, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I can't even imagine the commas that would be in the dollar figures after them. You know, again, huffing and puffing, and threatening to blow the Washington football team's house down. I I I I, I think this is an extraordinary, an extraordinary time, and I I can't wait to see this play out this is going to be tremendous theater here because i mean think about this for years chris what's the one thing you know whenever we see these celebrities whenever we used to watch court tv we get enthralled watching you know celebrities uh, on trial look at the johnny depp trial and all the attention that it drew just here in the local area well now you're talking about the owner still what no matter whether people like it or not still the owner of the most visible franchise in this city potentially being put you know on trial as Carl Racine says he's not hiding on a yacht <laughs> you know somewhere he's going to have to come into our office and give a deposition in our conference room in front of our people and you know watching this play out is going to be insanely entertaining and interesting to the, A, the release the report people who have been looking for some sort of, uh, you know, not necessarily retribution, but, you know, retaliation against uh, the alleged things that occurred with this organization. And quite frankly, I, I I will be interested to see if Carl Racine has the goods and can he make it stick? Right. Because if he doesn't, you know, the other side is coming back
3: roaring, not quietly, roaring uh, that, that again that that's fine pete and, and and maybe the worst thing that can happen is more lawsuits on top of more lawsuits on top of more lawsuits filed by either racine or the virginia attorney general of yeah, but Maryland if they lose
2: or of if, if they're losing at that level nobody else is going to think well Dad, carl said he had all the goods and we don't have anything more than carl did so why waste our time And our taxpayers' money, right? But are we going to know that Carl
3: Racine is going to lose? A, I'm just saying. If he does, and do we know if he does? Right, and do we know when? I mean, like these things could take, I don't know, forever. I mean, they could take a year. They could take a year and a half. Whatever it might be. And here's my the reason why I bring that up is because you know that could complicate a sale. Sure, there's escrow accounts and whatever, and there's provisions and there's all sorts of things that can be contractually worked out between a lot of high-powered lawyers. But if you're Jeff Bezos, if you're Jay-Z, if you're Matthew McConaughey, if you're Byron Allen, if you're, you know, uh, um, uh, the guy that played at Michigan State, I forgot his name, Matt, whatever his name, isba uh, Ishba, uh, whoever it might be, Jose Feliciano and his group, right? I mean, do you want to buy a team that's got all these outstanding lawsuits against it? I mean, we don't even know, like last week's lawsuit, and again, I I believe this week's lawsuit, unless I missed it, and whatever else is still to come, we don't even have monetary figures in terms of what we're suing for, right? As a matter of fact, Racine last week, I mean, indicated in his press conference and then in the complaint that he still got to do all the, like, his he and his staff did the investigation as much as they possibly could to find file the lawsuit, now you've got to do the discovery, right? So these things are going to take, I don't know, months, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, whatever it might be. And unless they get settled and hashed out in terms of a financial settlement, which is entirely possible, Pete, this could very much complicate the potential sale of the Washington commanders. And, and that's what I was going to bring up. Sports business journal, the Washington post, all the different outlets are reporting in essence, in a nutshell, just for our purposes here, oh, wait a second. First of all, Dan might, as I said the day that Dan, that this all came out, Dan is looking for a minority partner, and investor, to buy him time and to give him money to build the stadium, which is his ultimate elixir. Dan was not looking to sell and be a nice guy, okay? Uh, said that. Over and over and over again, everyone thought he was selling 100% and wouldn't even consider any other option. Whatever. We'll see what happens. But then on top of that, right, if you're one of these potential investors, one of these potential buyers, whether it be on a minority level or whether it be on a complete level, again, do you want to buy a smoldering pile of trash? Do you want to buy a smoldering pile of trash? And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, like the football organization is one part of it, but all of the chaos, all of the lawsuits, all of the potential liability that surrounds it, all of the improprieties that are alleged. New
2: buyer cleans house, starts fresh, and looks like a hero for buying Dan Snyder out and getting him off of the Washington people's hands. Maybe. It's a a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I wish it was
3: that easy. I don't think it's that easy.
2: I do. I think it's a no-brainer for the new – as long as they cleanse themselves completely of the Snyder group, then that new owner gets an instant cachet and is looked upon as a conquering hero and saving the Washington Commanders fan base from the 20-plus year nightmare that has been this ownership. That's that. That's that. That the whoever ends up buying this thing, Chris is a hero. The question ultimately becomes is somebody ballsy enough to go in cahoots with Dan to help him save his ownership and to help him stay a part uh, of the, an ownership group in the National Football League? And I, I think that's that's the greatest question. We've debated that. If one of these, you know, significant people buys in with Dan. I don't think they get the same cachet because people are going to look at it and go, oh, well, Dan is still right. part of this operation. Right. So uh,
3: There's a lot of complicating factors. We'll continue to try and unravel them all. I'll have Eric Flack on from WUSA 9 uh, coming up uh, just past the top of the hour to start touchdown at 10. We'll try and go through as many of these scenarios as we can as Pete – uh, is at Rosecroft Raceway and about to do something uh, coming up at 10 o'clock on ABC7. He's going to race Britt Waters. Uh, and uh, so I think uh, people will be able to watch that. So yeah, fire up able the to television Dude, and listen to us either on the it? Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and we'll have you covered in multiple locations and multiple ways.
2: Got to give our GM, Lisa Watts, a lot of credit. They're going all out here, Chris. We got the water truck out here. Oh. we got the tractor grading the track. Nice. We have the starting gate out here. I mean, nice. This is like a this is like a big deal for five eight five eight. We're going
3: five eighths of a mile. Nice. They're they're. I doing mean, do it. they have a buffet spread? That's the most no, important. No, no, no,
2: oh. no. I don't know if they got donuts downstairs yeah. or anything or not, but yeah. um, that that doesn't matter. Pedro's fat enough, so. Ah. It, this will be a lot of fun. Hopefully I mean, you, I, kn- you know that matters to me.
3: You know hope, that. <laughs> that's right. hopefully, hopefully I represent us well, yes. even in defeat. Good luck, my friend. Uh, we'll we talk will. to you after the race, right? After you're after you yes. victorious, right?
2: Well, let's hope I'm victorious. Let's we'll, hope. We'll find out. Again, watch Channel 7. Uh, sometime, it'll be after 10 o'clock because uh, Good Morning Washington comes on at 10 o'clock. Appreciate them coming out and be a part of it and cross-promoting with us here on the Team 980. Russell's got to look at what's trending.
3: All right, how about this? The Tennessee Titans rolled into Lambeau Field last night, handed the Green Bay Packers a potential knockout punch, as heard here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and that's when the problems began. Offensive coordinator Todd Downing, who basically undressed the Packers' defense with Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and others, was arrested a few hours later for DUI and speeding in Tennessee. He posted Bond just after 7 a.m. Central uh, this morning. Another week, another lawsuit, as we've been talking about. Once again, D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine targeting the commanders, but not the NFL in this particular one, for allegedly holding hundreds of thousands of dollars in non-returned security deposits. Commanders on the field getting set for practice on this Friday morning. And for the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith Sunday at 1, they look to climb over the 500 mark for the first time since week 1. Our game day coverage right here on the Team 980 begins at 9 a.m. And we have a double basketball uh, a double dip basketball style, I should say, uh, here on the Team 980 later on this afternoon. The Wizards welcoming back the big three tonight at Capital One Arena. Antoine Jamison, Karan Butler, Gilbert Arenas, 645 for the call with Dave Johnson against the Miami Heat. That follows Loyola Marymount against the Georgetown Hoyas right here on the Team 980 beginning at 415 with Rich spotkin And that's what's trending. Pedro is over at uh, Rosecroft, getting ready for his race on uh, ABC Seven just after ten o'clock with Britt Waters. Uh, Maddie walked in and said, "Hey, uh, we're 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 going to be able to bring the race to you. Uh, obviously, not live unless it works out that way. But uh, we're going to be able to bring, uh, I guess, the call or the audio or whatever." Uh, he has re- all rigged up because he's really good at what he does. Uh, so we will have that in some form for you. Pete will rejoin us after the race. Eric Flack from WUSA 9, their chief investigative reporter and um, just awesome dude, is going to join us for uh, Touchdown at to 10 as we try to unravel all of this legal commanders off the field stuff. Yes, guys, we are going to talk about the Commanders and the Houston Texans. Again, you know, unfortunately in this town, like I don't feel like a lot of anticipation for this game, and maybe it's because people are fearful of a letdown. I asked a question yesterday, and we never really got a chance to go back to it, so I'll ask it again today. Do you fear a letdown, which I think many do, and B, what is a letdown? How would you describe a letdown? Is a letdown a tight fingernail-biting win, or is it only a loss? Meaning, is a win, 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 no matter what and no matter potentially how ugly it is, and that can't be a letdown. Or if they win 17-15 style, which they won a couple of games in their winning streak last year, 17-15, back-to-backers against Seattle and Las Vegas in the same week, Kind of like similar to this week. One was on a Monday night game, and then one was on Sunday on a long road trip. This isn't as long of a road trip, uh, but this is back-to-back road games, Monday night to Sunday afternoon. I'll say that. Uh, Again, another screw job from the NFL, uh, which has happened over and over and over again when it comes to scheduling. Just trust me. I've talked about it a million times. I've written about it. I've tweeted about it. Nobody else cares but me. Uh, but it is the one area that the commanders have been routinely absolutely railroaded in, and nobody cares. Zero people care. Zero. Uh, But that's okay. That's okay. I I think we will be let down on Sunday, but I think it will come in the variety of a win. You know? Like, I, I can see a... Indianapolis-style win. For those that don't remember, just a couple of weeks ago, 17-16, come from behind fashion. I don't know if it'll be that close, but I I do not think this game in any way, shape, or form is going to be easy, fun, relaxing, one-sided, either way, but certainly not in favor of the Commanders. We will get more into the game again, probably around 1030-ish, somewhere in that range when Pete rejoins us, maybe a little bit before then. Uh coming up next, WUSA9's Chief Investigator. He's been all over everything when it comes to the commanders and the off-the-field news. It is my guy, Eric Flack. He's awesome. He's gonna join us next to talk about all of this mess. Make sure you follow him at Eric Flack TV, I got Chief Investigative Reporter. For the uh, crew at WUSA9 and the WUSA9 app and a big-time sports fan as well, Eric Flack next right here on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and always live and free on the Odyssey app.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.